and welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, your person with you in this journey, and I am checking in on a couple things this new year. One, it's been a minute. Um, I've been working on a project that I can now see has been brewing for quite some time, and I'm really excited to get to kind of share the process and the details of it. So today's podcast, we're going to talk about three things. Uh, One, the role of collaborative work in regards to appropriate and accurate diagnosis, and then sitting in the mystery. So a bit of a personal update here. Um, Going back in time in 2005, which is lifetimes ago now, I was a senior in college and like kind of ready for the best year of my life, okay? I had studied abroad the spring semester before, so I'd been in Thailand and I got to, it was the most like adventurous adventure of my life. For one, being in another country that was so far from my own, I'm 19 years old, um, I got to live on the border of Thailand and Myanmar. I got to live with indigenous people. Like, it was, like I got to wander in like hill tribe jungle. I got to explore a country and a territory of that felt ancient because it had been so uninterrupted, undisturbed. It was, I think it was one of the first times I was so far away from everyone and everything I knew that there was an, a deep rest in me getting to really live into or slip into who I, who I am. So who I am as also uninterrupted by others or who I think I need to be or how I'm supposed to act or respond, you know, all the, all the ways that I or we can be influenced by a family of origin or friends or people who've always known us, right? So I had this incredible experience my brother came over at the end of my semester, met me in Thailand, and then we spent the next six weeks, we hitchhiked across the, from the north of Thailand all the way to the south. And <laughs> I don't even know how to explain some of the, the things we have, and that, that'll be another story for, or more stories for another time. But to get to have that time with my brother, too, was rad and hilarious and messy. We got to um, take up strangers on their generosity. <laughs> we caught rides all over. It was just, a, it was amazing. It was one of those things that's like, I'm so glad I had that in my life um, to do something that felt renegade, you know? I don't know. So good. So good. So I come back from this experience feeling very in myself, feeling very like alive and like ready to come back for my senior year of college. I also started dating Jesse that summer. And like, and I mean by that summer, I mean the night before I was going back to college. He was like, hey, I don't want this to end. And I'm like, hey, we've known each other since we were like 10 and we're just, okay, great. I'm so glad we're having this conversation almost 10 years later. So Jesse and I start dating and it's going to be long distance because I'm in Santa Barbara and he is back in San Clemente. So I'm like heading to senior year, top, top, so stoked. 
And within a couple weeks of being there, I started having this weird back pain, like my lower back, but no injury. Like I didn't hurt myself. I'm also like 19. Do you know what I'm saying? So like 19 year old bodies, like don't like get sore like this. So I'm just in a ton of pain and I have a hellacious relationship to hospitals and doctors and I like that white coat syndrome where I just like black out and like do not want <laughs> get away from me. So that's exciting. My roommates were like, at least something's wrong. You need to go down to the health office on campus. And like, all right, come with me then, right? To speed up the story. The doctor there was like, we think you probably have a kidney infection, you know, low back, whatever. Here's some antibiotics and pain meds and head home. I'm like, all right, great. I went to the doctor roommate, see, I did it. I listened, got the medication, started it, and a week goes by and it's worse. So not only is the back pain radiating, I'm having difficulty moving my legs. So again, not normal. And I'm now afraid, but I'm also in the spot of like, I already went to the doctor and I really don't wanna go back there. My roommates, bless every single one of them, forced my hand to go back to the hospital. Sorry, not to the hospital. I went to the college health care. Now we're going to the hospital. I'm having difficulty walking. I'm having just a hard time lifting my legs. They're like 100 pounds each. And we are trying to get there. And same thing, get to the doctor. They run a bunch of tests. And they're like, you know what? I think it's just a kidney infection. Here's a different round of antibiotics and pain meds. Go home. So I am crushed at this point, and like I'm swearing I will never, ever, ever go to the doctor again. This is why I don't go to the doctor. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I can hear my old script coming in full force that this experience is now evidence to prove that everything I've ever thought about doctors and hospitals and medicine and everything is right. <laughs> I can convince myself of anything, and I did. I was like, that's it. I'm done. A day later, I am completely unable to move my legs. So from the waist down, I can't, um, I'm, I'm non-functioning. And I am hell-bent on there being any possible treatment for me. Because I've already gone and had the test and the CAT scans and the punctures and the whatever, and all the things that were required that are painful and terrifying. But I'm also like paralyzed. So one particular roommate whom I love and adore and I trust with my life was like, we are, we're going back to the hospital. And I, if I think of it wouldn't have been for her, I, I don't know if I would still be living in that house by myself paralyzed. But she got me there and sat with me in the ER. Um, I had to be wheeled in. And Finally, there was an ER doctor who was able to recognize what was going on. He'd seen a case like mine 20 years before. So I stayed in, this, in the ICU for a little bit and then was moved into a, a residential unit in the hospital. And they, through this testing period, I'm still not walking. They were they did a lumbar puncture, MRIs, more testing, la, 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 la. And I finally get a diagnosis. The diagnosis did two things for me. It relieved me of the extreme amount of fear, anxiety, and control I was trying to like hold on to 
because it was like, thank you. Like, thank you for seeing that something's really happening. It's not a kidney infection. I'm not making this up. This is bad. So there was an, like the most incredible sense of validation. Like, thank, like yes and thank you. Thank you. Um, and then also gave us treatment. Like there was, you know what to do. There's a protocol for when you have an accurate diagnosis. So the diagnosis is transverse myelitis. It's a bizarro autoimmune neurological condition where your immune system attacks your nervous system in your spinal column. And wherever that interruption or infection is, you're paralyzed from the waist down or wherever that spot is down. So the, my, mind you, just I having the diagnosis, I still can't walk. So once the diagnosis happened, they, that was all they could do at the hospital. I had to live, drop out of college, dr- go live in a rehabilitation like halfway house where they treat people who are going to learn how to live in wheelchairs. So the diagnosis at that time was, you'll never walk again. That was, that was it. That was the answer. And my new life was, learn how to live in a wheelchair. So I'm trying to break up with Jesse because I'm like, you, you, you cannot have a person who can't like walk. I, like it was, I just, that was my feeling at the time. I wanted Jesse to have something different than me. Obviously, we're, we've been married now for 13 and a half years, so he didn't take me up on that. But like, I was like going into my own old mode, which is shut down, shut everybody else out. Um, I lived in this rehabilitation unit. Uh, under the kind of like in shock that this was my new reality. Um, I don't really know how to communicate about that time because it's very confusing to be in your body when something you've been able to do for most of your life, all of a sudden you can't do immediately and you're looking at your legs. You know that those are your legs. You know that you know how to make them work. You've seen them work, but you just can't. So there's zero messaging from brain to legs. There's just nothing. It's like a complete hard drive wipe. It is crazy making. Because you're like, I, I know how, but I can't actually make it happen. It was complete devastation for me. I feel like I was watching, watching everything slip out of my fingers. Like I don't know if I'm going to... This is like also like before iPhones, you know what I'm saying? This is before iPhones and Siri and and access. I didn't even have I didn't have like an Apple computer. <laughs> I was like still writing notes by hand in college. Do you know what I'm saying? So I didn't have access to understanding how bad this was, and I didn't have access to I don't know to really understand the longevity of this diagnosis. Ultimately. I was able to work with some phenomenal physical therapists and occupational therapists. It's a longer story than I realized. (laughs) Um, Who, after I don't know how many days I was in there, she would move my toes and then try to help me tell my brain to do it. So she it was like Kill Bill. She'd want to wiggle my toe, and I'm like, I'm trying to wiggle my toe. I can't wiggle my toe. And I'd go back to bed because I'm exhausted from trying to walk. And by walk, I mean wiggle my toes. The next day we'd come back. Okay, let's try it again, Elise. You know, she, she would push my toe down and I would try to tell my brain to push my toe down. Nothing. It was days and days of learning how to transfer in and out of wheelchairs, learning how to um, use one of those grabber, you know, it looks like a trash picker upper thing, to put socks on and put pants on. And um, how do I take a shower now? How do I go to the bathroom now? How do I move in and out of bed from a wheelchair? And 
then back to that damn table to learn how to wiggle my toe. And at one point, while we're sitting there, it was like I was struck by lightning. It was, I could feel it rip through my body. I could, I could feel it course, it was like being zapped. All of a sudden, I felt it shoot through my body, through my back, out my toe, and I was so shocked. Literally, I looked at her. I was like, oh my God, I think, I, I th- I think it happened. Like it, My toe jerked. And it was from that exact moment that that electrical impulse shot through my body that I was able to tiny, tiny toe by tiny toe incrementally gain momentum and being able to have the recovery of access to my limbs. It was another year of rehabilitation to actually be able to walk again, walk backwards, walk on sand, walk on, um, like move my body well. To this day, I still have extreme loss of proprioception. There's, I don't have a ton of, there's other, like I, there's still things I trip over my feet still. There's other weird things that happen uh, that I've just never recovered back. So I really have a hard time knowing where my body is in space. And again, there's loss. So this year in August, I started having numbness in my arms and hands. And what was happening for me was the thinking, they told me if transverse myelitis comes back, that is often a diagnosis of MS. So I am in a little bit of denial, shocker. Another go-to mode of <laughs> of like, I'm fine here. I'm not going to the doctor was... Maybe it's um, my neck, maybe it's my shoulders, who knows. But I can't feel my left arm from my elbow down. And my hands every day are numb and tingling. And as a little bit, tiny bit more responsible adult than my 19-year-old self, I'm like, okay, I need to make the doctor's appointment. I need to see what's going on here. And I'm terrified it's going to be MS, and I don't even want to say it out loud because I understand that that I understand that diagnosis, and it is um, it like guts me, you know. So I try to make an appointment with a neurologist. Can't get in until January, and that's just what it is. So working with insurance, trying to get seen. And in the meantime, I'm just doing everything in my power to make sure I keep moving my fingers because I do not want to lose muscle control and muscle weakness. I recently posted about this on Instagram because I went in and was just kind of waiting. And my doctor appointment was coming up. He ordered, um, once I saw him, ordered a bunch of tests, MRIs of my brain, MRIs of my spine. Um, and then was just kind of sitting in the waiting in the meantime, I make an appointment with an ortho because I'm crazy and wanted to, I'm like, I don't know, who else can see me? It's my hands. Maybe I'll see an orthopedic doctor. I don't know. You know, I'm kind of throwing everything against the wall. Like, I just need someone to help me, and maybe I can get in sooner to an ortho than a neuro. I see this ortho, ortho and he's looking at my hands, my wrists, my elbows, my shoulders, my neck, my joints, um, bending this way and that way and blah, 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 you know, whatever, doing all the things. And he's like, Elise, you've got carpal tunnel. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? Like, I'm sorry. I am 
like I'm 38 years old. I am not, I don't type a ton. I'm not like, um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a hairdresser or a dentist. I don't, what? Like I didn't add up to me. So I'm, I'm like laughing and he's like, yeah, you have all the classic signs and symptoms of carpal tunnel syndrome. So here's two wrist braces, hence the rollerblading excitement and wear them every night when you sleep and then in the day when they're bothering you. And here's an elbow brace as well, because why not? And so cubital tunnel and carpal tunnel syndrome, go do a nerve test to confirm diagnosis, but um, that's like treatable. So I'm feeling this immense amount of relief. Also, tons of amusement at like, wow, this is like, okay. But like, oh my gosh, relief. Carpal tunnel. Oh, carpal tunnel. That sounds, carpal tunnel sounds fantastic. It sounds like a treat right now when I'm thinking about MS, right? So I'm like shocked, but like, like the shocked where you kind of laugh like a crazy person because it's like, it's unbelievable and also fantastic. Great. Moving forward, diagnosis, treatment, regular thing. And I'm now like shedding the anxiety of these weird mystery illnesses I tend to get of like, okay, there's a straightforward thing, straightforward treatment. And again, I'm back in that spot of it's so relieving when there's accurate diagnosis because then there's accurate treatment. So I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that where like, I don't know what this is, but if we don't know what it is, we can't do anything that's going to actually solve the origin. And they can throw treatment medicine on it or pain medicine or antibiotics, but they don't know what's causing it. And if we don't know what's causing it, then we're not actually able to get to the underlying issue, right? I do my nerve test last week, and this doctor says, so you have every single presentation for carpal tunnel syndrome. Casebook text, like casebook text, textbook case. <laughs> and yet your nerves are conducting, so it's, it's not carpal tunnel. <laughs> this, was, this was last Friday. And I'm like, I'm, excuse me? because the ortho just told me that I've got carpal tunnel and that felt really good and I really liked that diagnosis. So can we, can't, what? So he again explained, you have all the symptoms of carpal tunnel. However, it's not carpal tunnel. So I'm going to my neurologist tomorrow to review every test, every MRI, every scan, every everything to go back to the drawing board to find out what the hell is going on. So this is me sitting in a bit of like some trepidation, a foggy mystery place of trying to wade through what is the role of diagnosis, the hope it can offer, the need to advocate for myself to get to the bottom of what's going on because these symptoms are not, I can't, it's not functional. I'm not, I can't live my, I can't function, you know, the way I need to for my life. And so I need an answer. So I'm heading tomorrow and I will hopefully, well, my plan is just to not leave his office until he's taking, like helping to like explore more. I need more answers than this is it, right? We'll see. I'll update you on how it goes. But what it's been doing for me is proving my ongoing theory of why we need collaborative medicine and the burden on the patient to have to always be the go-between. Well, this doctor told me this. Well, this doctor told me this. Well, this doctor told me this. Like, why can't y'all talk to each other? You know, what if you all figure this out for me? 
because I'm dragging my files and CD-ROMs of like all my results of all these years. Guys, talk. Take it seriously. Could you all put your heads together for me? Could someone like look at these different symptoms in the history and order the right tests and come up with a plan that actually is like for me from a broad array of specialty rather than a singular stream of thought? Because ortho is always going to look at ortho, right? He's going to look at it through his lens of orthopedic and say, it's carpal tunnel. The neuro is looking at it through his lens and saying, oh, it's something in the spine. It's something in the brain. Okay. And I'm going to go to a psychologist and they're going to look at it. They're going to look through this lens. And it's limited, right? Unless we collaborate. So that brings me to like what the dream I've been in and working on these last few years is I need and want all of these different specialties, as many specialties as I could pull together to be in one location so we can provide a much more thorough, appropriate, and accurate diagnostic informed treatment for people. So in a week from tomorrow, we're opening up our doors in San Clemente for Radical Wellness Collaborative and our in-person offices where we will be housing a variety of specialties to be able to treat a whole person and a whole family while we collaborate on your behalf. My father-in-law teased me this last week. He goes, it sounds like you're kind of just trying to make sure that all everything you need is in one spot. I'm like, 100%. <laughs> so I literally, in this office, there's going to be an occupational therapist. And what she does is she specializes in children being able to holistically, sensorily integrate. So when we're talking about the things that um, end up looking like behavioral issues, and often they're sensory issues that go misdiagnosed, we also have a physical therapist who's going to be in the office. And again, we can. a lot of these kids are identified as behavioral issues. They can't sit still in their seat. Um, and is that a structural issue? Is it because they actually have low core tone, so they actually can't sit in their seat? And it's looking like behavior. And that's, again, if you can hear the mirror to my own diagnostic history of when we throw a diagnosis at something just because of what's on the surface, what it looks like, rather than what's actually causing it, then we're mislabeling, we're misdiagnosing, and we're mistreating. It, it's, it is unethical. There, I said it. My goal is for kids, because that's where we're starting to be able to have the most thorough, comprehensive, and appropriate diagnostic space so that treatment actually works. So we will have marriage and family therapists there. We will have our entire online team will be available there as well. Um, we also have a massage therapist and an esthetician. So if you, there's times where I'm like, you know what, I, I'm on my way to see my therapist this week. I'd like to see ther my therapist and I'd like to get a massage afterwards. Great. I can do that in one spot. Or um, I'm going to come take a couple's marriage class and then I'm going to get a facial afterwards. <laughs> or while my son is going to his OT appointment, I'm going to get a massage. Or while my other kiddo is in his PT appointment, I'm going to see my therapist. So it's a house. It's one house where everyone can come in and get treated. And my hope is that when we have eyes on people, we're able to see like, oh, look at how connected this all is. If you have a kiddo or there's a person in your life where you know there's extra needs, that weighs on everyone. So if we could understand that, that which parent 
and which sibling needs support because this other kiddo is having this experience and we can do all that here and we can all collaborate and talk on your behalf so we don't miss something, so we don't misdiagnose something, so we could see how the whole system is connected. And that's radical wellness. So March 1st, doors open. March 14th, we're having a giant party at our office. Um, and anyone, please, if you're, if you're local, come check it out. My hope is just to let people come see, come hang out, come learn, come, come meet the different providers, come ask questions, or come celebrate. Come, come celebrate a new thing in a new space. So collaborative care feels like the most essential and honest way to be able to take care of people. It's the thing I'm craving, and I understand that often the very medicine that I need is the thing I'm trying to put back into the world. All of us are. The thing we crave, the thing that we needed, we're now giving back to the world in our own way. So if you didn't receive structure, you might be very structured now. If you didn't receive um, consistency or, you, or your creative dreams weren't supported, you might be doing that now. Uh, my dear friend, who is a phenomenal chef, puts healthy, delicious food into this world because that wasn't something that she experienced at her table growing up, right? You, you can kind of hear it, right? Like I have another friend who's an expert watercolorist and again, like was limited in her ability to express herself creatively because that wasn't an actual career. <laughs> we put the medicine we need back into the world. I want a place for healthy, whole person, collaborative, preventative medicine to exist. I want a place for a whole family to descend and we can treat them all. Let's help the whole system, the whole family get better together. So on one hand, I'm still in the mystery on my own diagnosis, which I can see pushes my own drive to get radical wellness up and running. And on the other hand, there's this mystery. There's still this like, what is actually going on in my own body and brain? The both and. The one hand, this is unfolding and birthing and coming into this world. I'm so excited. And then on the other hand, this still like, I'm knocking on the door to my own health. Like, come on looking for relief, looking for something and anything. Holding my breath a bit. So those are my updates and invitation to you as well. If you are with me today, wherever you are listening to this, some questions I would invite you to explore is what is the role of diagnosis in your own life? Have you ever had a diagnosis that has allowed you freedom? Have you ever had a diagnosis that's left you disheartened? What's that like? What does diagnosis sound like to you? Not for the purpose of label, but for the purpose of being able to see and hold and treat you accurately so that you become more visible and more whole. What is the mystery like? Have you ever been in the wait, the wonder, the unknown? How do you deal with that? What's that like? And then what's the medicine? 
that you're trying to offer back to the world as a result of your own story? What is the thing that you offer to others? Is it kindness? Is it structure? Is it, is it the silent work in the trenches? Is it a big, boisterous, loud, beautiful personality? What is it you offer to the world? So those are the things I would love to hear about from you. One, the role of diagnosis in your life. What it's, what's that been like for you? Two, the mystery. How do you sit in it? What does that bring up for you? What's that like? And three, what's the medicine that you so generously offer to the world? Let me know. Email, Instagram, I don't care. Find me in the street. Come to the Radical Wellness Office. I want to know. I want to know. I want to be in conversation with people about what's going on in their life. So here we are, Tuesday. We'll keep you posted on all the things. Keep me posted on all your things. May we go into this week honoring the both and. Cheers.